Romans chapter 9, uh, the most uncontroversial chapter in the Bible. No one gets in arguments over this chapter. Um, no one, uh, no one uh, uh, gets in heated arguments about this chapter. There's not whole books in regards to trying to explain certain aspects of this chapter. No. That was sarcasm. You're listening to the Biblicist Podcast, designed to equip, challenge, and encourage believers to look at life through the lens of Scripture. If you have any questions about today's episode or have a topic you would like to hear on this podcast, please email us at thebiblicistpodcast at gmail.com. Happy Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day of the week that you're listening to this episode. Hope you're having a great day. And so I just want to give you a little bit of advice to kick off today's episode before you share an article on Facebook or any social media platform, first I encourage you to read it. <laughs> I, I swear to you, I I must have read an article this past week that a bunch of people shared that no one read because the article was that bad, like that just just that bad, like ridiculously um, biblically not sound. It was it was bad, and then um, so first read it. That's my first bit of advice. My second bit of, bit of advice on that is if you read an article and go, hmm, you know what? That's an interesting thought or I've never thought of it that way before. It doesn't mean that it's not true, but check the source. I say that all, all the time. Maybe I should make a t-shirt that says check the source on it. Copyright that. Hashtag check the source. All right. Check the source, especially if you're talking about theology of the Bible and it's something you've never heard before. Make sure it came from the Bible. Um, but that's the case with any article that you read, uh, any source uh, that uh, that you do on that. You want to check the source on all those things. So please read it first, uh, check it second, and then think about whether or not you should share it. Uh, there's my bit of advice in regards to social media. Um, also, hey, it's a thought. Would you guys ever want me to do a live episode? Maybe even stream it on Facebook or something? Um, I'm really uncomfortable with that. I like being able to, uh, edit out my mistakes. Um, but I would be open to the idea uh, of doing a live episode. So, uh, email me at the biblicist podcast at gmail.com. If you uh, would like to, um, uh, see me do a, a live podcast and see what kind of goes into that. Um, and don't forget, we have another quiz question at the end of today's episode. I really want to give out a prize at the end of the season. And like I told you, I'll let you know in a different episode what that prize actually is. But today, I'm going to give you um, a hint or a suggestion of uh, how to help you be the first one to respond to those questions um, at the end of today's episode. So please be sure to stick around to the end so I can give you advice on that. So something we have not done a whole lot of on the Biblicist podcast, even though we, we've asked, uh, we've tried our best to answer tough questions um, and uh, and look at stuff biblically and, and break things down um, and also just give encouragement from God's word. We haven't gone to a specific book or a specific chapter in the Bible and just gone verse by verse in a study with that. Um, and so we're going to take the next uh, couple episodes, two or three episodes, to break down uh, a chapter from uh, the Bible. And we'll see how that goes. Maybe in the future we could do do a whole book and we'll see how that goes. But today we're going to start with uh, Romans chapter 9, uh, the most uncontroversial chapter in the Bible. No one gets in arguments over this chapter. Um, no one, uh, no one uh, uh, gets in heated arguments about this chapter. There's not whole books in regards to trying to explain certain aspects of this chapter. No. 
that was sarcasm. Uh, there's a lot of argument and debate uh, that surround uh, Romans 9 and the chapters surrounding it. Um, and I'm really not going to get into that today. Like, I have no desire to get into that. I just want to stay with, talk about what the chapter says. Now, I, there is uh, theological implications from Romans 9. Um, and I think depending on whatever your... Um, whatever you have... Um, Whatever you have fil- filtering that through, whatever you have a, a, a pre-thought belief on that, um, will kind of determine how you read Romans 9. Um, and so I just want to see what Paul is arguing and what's his point in context of Romans 9. Um, you know, you, I'll let you guys argue the deeper theological, philosophical implications all you want to, but I just want to know what Romans 9 says. Uh, and, and, um, I really, it's, there's a lot of great Romans 9 content out there, but a lot of it gets into that debate and that argument. And that's not what I'm here to do today. So I just want to see what God has for me from Romans 9. Um, so let's get started. Romans chapter 9. So it's important to know the historical and textual context of this because, you know, Israel as a whole, they've really rejected Christ as the Messiah. And obviously there's some individuals that that have believed, all right? There's individual Jews that believe, but um, so most have rejected the Messiah though. Um, As a nation, uh, they have some major objections to Paul's teachings and the teachings of the New Testament. They, They object the teaching that Jesus is God. All right, this is a major important uh, orthodox belief here that Jesus is God. That's core to Christianity. If you don't believe that Jesus is the living God, if you don't believe that he is the God of the Bible, then you are not a Christian. That is a fundamental belief of Christianity, that Jesus is God. The Jews deny this. They, th- they thought he was a blasphemer. So in, in John 5.18, it says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. This isn't uh, a study on the Trinity. We're going to do that later this season. Um, so I'll leave that there for now. That wasn't making a great argument for, for Jesus being God. I'm just making a point that the, the Jews here, uh, in, when you're reading chapter Romans 9, they deny that Jesus is God. And also they have another objection. And that is that, that even if he was, he wouldn't have come uh, to the to help out the Gentiles, it would just be for the Jews. It'd be for those that are part of this covenant, um, and so they completely reject and object to this this idea that God has a message for the Gentiles. They would not like this concept from Acts one eight that you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Like this, they would not uh, be big fans of this, and they weren't. And in fact, even even messianic. Uh, Jews, Jews that believed that Christ was the Messiah, had had struggled with this. They were, you see this later on. You see this struggle that that Paul is trying to help them with through on this is um, they thought that they had to become people Gentile would have to become a covenant Jew before they could become a new covenant Christian, um, and that wasn't the case. And they correct that, but those are two main objections of Jews to the teachings of Paul and to the gospel that Jesus is God and that there's a message for uh, the Gentiles. Uh, and this becomes very clear when reading through these chapters here in Romans. Uh, but it's helpful to know that when going into Uh, this section of Romans. So starting out, we're just going to start here in the first few verses of Romans and see how much time we have to get through. Uh, This could be a two or even a three-parter as we go through this. Romans 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. 
For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Right out the gate in Romans 9, the first thing that you see front and center is Paul's broken heart for his nation. He loves his fellow Jew. And, and his brokenness is sincere. It's, it's not a cliche. It's not a, I probably, I probably should say this when I'm writing this down. It's not just a good point to put in a sermon. Sometimes I hear that or even people will write statements in, in a sermon and you know that it's just to get a reaction. Um, and sometimes, I, you know, I was preparing sermons, sometimes I'm like, oh man, this would be a really great line right here. It'd be a great thing to say right here. And we need to not do that. And he's not doing that here. It's not just a good point to put in a sermon. You see, we have the head knowledge that the world is in need of the gospel. And, and we preach about reaching our city with the gospel. We talk about it in, in our small groups. We talk about it here on the podcast. And, and, and we complain about how bad the world is getting and how, how people are living uh, like the devil. <laughs> but I have to ask us, I have to ask myself, are we sincerely broken over the fact that our neighbor may be lost and on his way to hell? Are we broken over our city? Day after day, I see these headlines of people doing foolish, evil deeds here in the city I live in. And I can think, oh man, about the justice system. And I can think about, man, what needs to happen here or what needs to go on here. And, 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 and I can think about how to defend my home and I can have all these game plans. But am, am I broken though? Is, is my heart yearning to see my neighbors and people in this city have their life turned around, have their soul transformed? Are we sincerely broken over the fact that our neighbor may be lost? Are we broken over our city? Not only this, what I noticed in this, in this chapter is that it's a continual, it's a continual brokenness. He says, I, I says I could, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. It's easy to start being aware of the soul behind the face when we're being reminded. But what about tomorrow? Like right now, maybe you're on your way to work right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, I just got convicted. I'm, I'm, like, I'm kind of burdened for my coworkers. Yeah, but then tomorrow, maybe we'll be like, oh, it won't even cross our mind. It's easy when we're just now hearing it. It's fresh on us. See, Paul had a continual awareness and compassion to reach his people. You will encounter jerks and people who don't like you and who you probably don't like back. <laughs> That's part of life, right? But don't forget that Jesus loves that jerk so much that he died for them. Don't forget that they have a soul. This is so incredibly important. And I, I don't want to just skim through this. Like we shouldn't let people walk all over us or mistreat us or give us bad service. But I wonder how we would treat people around us more if we saw their soul and not 
just their face or not just the poor service that we received? How do we view the people that are around us? How do you view that coworker that's a jerk and just a mean person to you every day? Hey, you need to address that issue, but you need to address it and not forget the fact that they have a soul that's either on their way to heaven or on its way to, way to hell. You might have um, uh, someone that is serving you food, your waitress or whoever, your waiter, and maybe they're slow. Maybe they are not being very clear. And I'm not saying we shouldn't address that, but we should remember that they have a soul and God loves them. And this might be the only interaction that you have with them. And what's more important, the fact that you get your nice meal at a decent time at the right temperature or what you are able to declare to them about Jesus. I think it's very important. We see his brokenness is sincere. His brokenness is continual. But not only that, we see his brokenness is extreme. His brokenness is incredibly extreme. Uh, he says this, I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul says that if it were possible, and, and by the way, it's not, I'm not trying to teach some weird theology here, that if it were possible, he would be willing to forfeit his own salvation and go to hell if that would save his fellow Jew. And this really gets you to think, and I want to apply this to us right now and think of this culturally. Think about that, this for us. In this, this time of political war of who did you vote for and you, you don't like this guy, do you? You would never support that candidate, would you? During this age of social media and a lot of attention and a lot of anger around politics and anger around being right and wrong in regards to supporting the right person for president, for the presidency. Let us ask ourselves the question, let, my, let myself ask this question, would I be willing to go to hell for my fellow American? Now I realize there's a lot of you that have made the choice and have answered the call to be an American soldier and to die for your fellow American in a very tangible, real way of standing up for freedom and the freedom of fellow Americans. And I thank God for you and I thank you for your service. But would we be willing to face condemnation so another American wouldn't have to? Whoa. This is an extreme thought, an extreme statement. And now to clarify, once again, I'm not saying 
that the Bible teaches us that we should be willing to be condemned for our neighbor because I, I don't see that in scripture. But what I am asking myself uh, and us is at what lengths am I willing to go to give the gospel to my neighbor? Paul gave it his all to spread the gospel around the world. He gave it all trying to reach uh, his fellow Jew and then went beyond for the Gentiles. And he did all these things. He put his life on the line, ultimately died to get out the gospel. And he said, hey, I'd be willing to be condemned so I could save my fellow Jew. And so what I'm asking myself and us here in the Biblicist podcast is, hey, are, what lengths are we willing to go to reach people with the gospel? At what inconveniences are we willing to accept for the sake of the gospel? Where are we willing to travel to and live for the sake of the gospel? There's people that have answered the call even much later in life to go onto the mission field and go to really scary places that seem to us and to live out the rest of their lives on the mission field to reach people who have never heard the gospel what to what extremes are we willing to go to get the gospel out to all the nations what are we willing to do what are we willing to sacrifice what comforts are we willing to give up if we can't give up a nice warm meal or whatever for the sake of the gospel we definitely aren't going to be willing to give up uh, the freedoms that we enjoy in, in america to go do those things or the certain comforts that we enjoy in america to go to the mission field we, we can't even give up certain things as Americans. We're too worried about our food. We're too worried about our sports. We're too worried uh, about what makes me comfortable. We're too worried about what songs they're going to sing on Sunday. I wonder if they're going to be ones that I like. I wonder if they're going to be from the hymn book or if they're going to be some of that new CCM stuff. We're so worried about all this goofiness. How in the world are we going to do it all for the gospel? Sacrifice anything for the gospel. His brokenness is extreme. So right out of here in the gate in Romans 9, and I promise the rest of this chapter goes by quicker than this, but I don't want to miss this part. In, in, in all the debate and all the argument about uh, a certain theological philosophy within this chapter, let's not forget these first four verses, these first three verses that Paul has this sincere brokenness, this continual brokenness, this extreme brokenness. And can we say the same for ourselves as Bible-believing Christians? Can we say the same for ourselves? What are we willing to do to reach our neighbors, our fellow Americans, with the gospel of Jesus Christ? What are we willing to do? Let's think on that. Let's be challenged by that. I know I am. I'm continually challenged by this so much. Oh, man. We're going to switch it up and go into our Bible quiz question. But first, let me tell you how you can get ahead of the game. Yes, I market advertise this podcast as a Monday morning podcast. I ran into some technical difficulties last season, and sometimes you wouldn't get it till late in the day Monday. Um, and that's also because I also am using like the free program and I can't publish it in advance. Um, I have to manually do it. Um, and so um, hopefully in, by next month, uh, by February, we will uh, be able to have more of that automated um, and um, actually, you know, spend some money and actually have <laughs> have a real account uh, with Podbean. So that'll be helpful. Maybe I can get those annoying Podbean commercials off. Have you noticed those? The before and after? Like, there's like a 30-second one before, a 15-second one after. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Podbean.com. Um, I'm not getting any money from that. I'm sorry that that's there. That's just them paying for my free account. And I'm going to try and get rid of that as soon as I'm uh, able to do that. Uh, so here's the here's the tip. Um, I'm um, attempting to upload the Monday's episode between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock p.m. on Sunday night. 
Um, now, that doesn't mean it'll be available in that time. That's when I'm attempting to load it up. Sometimes there's a delay uh, of it actually being on iTunes. Uh, the trick there is if you have the podbean.com, if you have the podbean app, the second I publish it to there, it's there and ready to be listened to. It's there immediately. But there's a delay to the iTunes account. So the two tips are this, is you can get the Podbean app for free. Um, subscribe and follow me for free on that. And the second I hit the publish button, it's going to let you know that it's there. Um, and you don't have to wait. And so that'll happen between 10 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. Um, on on Sunday night. And so technically, this, these come out you know late evening on Sunday night, but that way it's ready for those that want to listen to it Monday morning. So if you want to get ahead of the curve on this quiz and you've listened this far on the podcast, you know that that's how you can uh, get ahead in this competition. With that being said, here is the question. Abraham had a son with Hagar. His name was Ishmael. Who was Ishmael's firstborn son? That's the question. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> and uh, if you didn't quite catch that, you can hit the 15 second backwards button and catch that again. Uh, there's the question for today. You can email your answer at the at gmail.com in the subject. Uh, just write quiz answer. That way I can know right away that that uh, is a response to uh, the question. I'm tracking those points. Be the first one to give the answer correctly and I'll award those points to you. Uh, and at the end of the season, we'll be giving out uh, prize. As always, read the Bible, live the Bible. Have a great day.